0: Speak to you in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Please be seated. I was thinking some years ago a friend and an active parishioner invited me to a dinner party. Well, she really told me I was coming to this dinner party. She was gonna invite a dozen colleagues from her law firm. And she told me ahead of time that they were really good, hardworking, ethically superb people with absolutely no religious affiliation, no religious observance at all. And she was going to have a discussion over dinner. She's going to tell them ahead of time. They would be told to fill in the following blank, God in my life, dot, dot, dot. Where was God in their lives? I thought this was brave. I thought no one would show up. Every one of them showed up, and we could not shut them up. Everybody, it was interesting, everybody had a story. And it reminded me of what Augustine said, each of us have a God-shaped space inside of us, hearts restless until that space is filled. And one way to get in touch with that truth is by telling the stories, and I call it looking in the spiritual rearview mirror, right? Looking back on how God may have been at work in our lives. So let me ask you this morning, what would you see in your spiritual rearview mirror? What's the story of your own journey, your spiritual autobiography? What are the milestones? Can you think of a time in your life when you experienced what you would call spiritual growth, when there was just some deep connection, And if you can think of such a time, what caused that to happen? What were the catalysts? What what brought that about? And while you're looking backward, uh, you might ask, were there moments when spiritual growth was stalled? Or I like to use an automotive metaphor, when on the spiritual highway, your engine sputtered or you got a spiritual flat tire or you ran into a ditch or you ran out of gas. What was that about? What got in the way? Of spiritual growth for you. Jesus told a lot of stories, many if not most of them had to do with growth. Maybe that's why the Pope said in a homily that there's no such thing as a stationary Christian. He said a stationary Christian was sick in his or her identity. He said a Christian is meant to walk, to move, to which I would add a Christian is meant to grow to experience spiritual growth we heard a rather involved parable this morning about someone throwing out seeds in a field about what happens to those seeds some grow some don't so let's dive into the things that jesus thinks stand in the way of growth he said some seeds fell on the path birds came and ate the seeds And in his interpretation of the parable, which is something unusual, actually, he doesn't usually do this, but he interprets it and he compares those seeds to folks who hear the word of God, but any any hope or any future is snatched away by evil forces, birds taking the seeds away. Other seeds fell on rocky ground without enough soil. They sprang up quickly, no depth. When the sun rose, they were scorched and they withered. Jesus says, those are like folks who hear the word, receive it with joy, yet with no root, when trouble arises, they fall away. They have no culture, no context, no community that can help them grow, that can nurture that growth. Other seeds fell among thorns which choked them like someone who hears the word, but the cares of the world and the lure of wealth choke that word. I suspect we know something about both of those the cares of the world and the lures of wealth. I don't know if any of that corresponds to your own spiritual journey, those moments, those reflections on in the rearview mirror. What has happened to the seeds that have been planted in your life? Might have been a dream snapped away. Did the birds swoop in to end a relationship through death or disagreement or distance? Maybe a job went away or an illness struck. Did a seed of spiritual growth go nowhere because you felt unrooted and adrift? COVID helped us with that. Did failures of the church and church folk, did your own regrets and resentments, did cares of the world, anxieties which, with which we all contend, keep us from growing? They could be concerns about work or family or finances maybe concerns about a church in transition, maybe concerns about a nation divided, maybe angst about climate change and racial inequity, all of these can get in the way of our spiritual growth. So we think of those obstacles to spiritual growth. I suspect we all have met them at some point. There's another side to the story. Jesus said some seeds fell on good soil and brought forth grain, some a hundredfold. He said, that's like someone who hears the word, understands it, yields a ton of fruit. And as we think about how this kind of growth happens, have you ever had the sense in your own life, can you remember a time when the life of the Spirit grabbed hold of you, helping you grow in such a way that produced fruit, lots of spiritual productivity, or to mix the metaphors, has it sustained you and made you able to go the distance on the spiritual interstate? All because there was spiritual growth. Maybe, hopefully, you see those moments, too, in your spiritual rearview mirror. Now, maybe I should have started with this, but it might be a good time to think about what you mean by, what we mean by spiritual growth. How would you define spiritual growth? Uh, since I have the mic, I would say that spiritual growth is about growth in love of God and neighbor. It's what Jesus spoke about when he asked what was involved in inheriting eternal life, inheriting God's life. He said it's about love of God, love of neighbor as self. On the night before he died, one of the last things he said to his friends, love one another as I have loved you. That's my commandment. That's my word. That's the seed of spiritual growth. It's all about love. The seed in this story is that word, the good news, the gospel, that nothing can separate us from the love of God, or as we heard this morning, that there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. And when that seed takes root in us, we grow. And when that seed, that word, takes root in us, we bear fruit that can not only change us, but it can change the world. Now, people read these parables and find all kinds of questions. Who's the sower? What's the seed all about? What kind of soil might we be? Can we change the kind of soil we are? Add these to the long list of questions I have for Jesus at the pearly gates. For today, for me, the point of the parable points to what it is that contributes to spiritual growth. Are we choked by cares of the world? One study I read recently said that the biggest obstacle to spiritual growth in our culture is that we are so busy. We've all learned that advances in technology are anything but time savers. We now can work round the clock and anywhere. Has the possibility of spiritual growth, growth and love of God and neighbor been snatched away birds flying off with your dreams? Do I find ourselves planted in toxic soil that won't allow us to think about love or act on it? Do our own regrets and resentments, often making an appearance in that rearview mirror, do they make our hearts toxic soil? Or can we hear this word? Can't we let the seed take root? Can we accept good news that we are loved without condition? Can we believe that? with a love from which we can never be separated. Can we move forward knowing that such love is real for us? Newsflash, it's been warm this week. The toasty weather reminded me that when I served down the street at St. Bart's for a few years, one very hot summer, our staff was wondering about all the thousands of people who passed by in front of our church, and we had no connection with them. We wondered how we could make that connection. So because it was so hot, we decided to set up a lemonade stand on Park Avenue, and the clergy would stand on the sidewalk and hand out glasses of lemonade to passers-by for free. It was, to say the least, an interesting experiment. Some people would not even look at us. They were too busy, they were on a mission And I remember noticing how many pedestrians seemed totally unhappy, irritated and preoccupied. Others admitted they wouldn't take the lemonade because there must be some string attached. They were sure we were going to attach a pledge card to the glass of lemonade. Based on experience, I imagine some would have nothing to do with the church, convinced it was filled with hypocrites, guilty as charged nursing wounds from organized religion that kept them from accepting any bit, the smallest bit of grace. But there were a few who stopped and took the lemonade and were refreshed in that summer heat. One woman I talked with hadn't been in church for years. She admitted that over the course of her life, she had done things that she believed disqualified her for church attendance. And as we talked, She looked up at the church and she said, am I allowed to go in there? After a bit of time, she actually set foot in the church for the first time. And I think a seed was planted. Now, that's my lemonade parable. It's not as good as Jesus's, but I shared in the hopes of illustrating that the spiritual journey is a matter of what we do with the free gift of God's love, whether we accept it, whether life's circumstances prevent that, whether our culture chokes us, whether some bird flies away with our dreams. If that seed of God's love can take root in our hearts, it can grow, something new can, be, can emerge and it can be shared with others. So i want to end up where we began with that rear view mirror. The reason to look in the rear view mirror is to help us think about the road ahead, about how we move into the future The Bible's full of stories of folks looking back on how God acted, on how they messed up, how they found their way back, how God found them and gave them a new future. The Eucharistic prayer, which we'll hear in a moment, always looks back in the rearview mirror at what Jesus has done for us. On the basis of all that, we move forward by letting the seed that is God's abundant love take root in us, How might it take root in our world where love is in short supply, where division chokes us, where our earth, along with our spirits, is being scorched? How can it take root in our church, especially in this time of transition, which, how shall we say, presents growth opportunities? How can St. James grow as a community where the seed of God's love blossoms? How might that seed take root in your heart and mine? Not choked or scorched or hijacked, but growing into something beautiful for God. By grace, the road ahead is loaded with possibility. There is a gift out there freely given. There is fertile ground for God's love to grow. So may we let God's gift, God's word of love, take root in our world, in this church, in our hearts. Amen.